No, it's on now. We started the sermon. Thanks, Kev. Forgot about that, sorry. This is so, so important to have people tell, speaking into your life, right? So for those of you who didn't join us for the first five minutes, it's so important to have a group of people around you. All right, so we're there. And in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 17 only sets us up for 1 Thessalonians because it's those people who deal with persecution and those people who have the joy of the Holy Spirit, they, they receive God's joy, get the next letter from Paul in Thessalonians. And he says to them, I want to talk to you. And this is what he says to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. How important is the church? Pretty important. Pretty important. I say this to you a lot because the church is so beautiful when people gather together with unity, with endurance, when they push towards a common goal and they grow. I want to say it for the younger people, um, and I was once young too, and thank you for the reminder about the fire, because this morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, as we were praying, I kept saying in my mind, as others were praying, that God is an all-consuming fire, Hebrews. He is an all-consuming fire, and he wants to consume our lives. But if you're a young person in this place, let me tell you something. Do not ever walk away from the body of Christ. It is vital for your growth. If you do, you will be like that hot coal that's removed from the fire that eventually will, it it looks okay initially, but eventually it will burn out. Why? Because we need each other. Paul knew this when he writes to the Thessalonians and he says this in chapter two, or in verse two, he says this, we give thanks to God always for you. Do you know how important it is? This small fledgling group of people And he says this, I give thanks for you. Do you realize that in my life, when I hang out with you, I walk away edified often and go, gosh, I really thank you, God, for that person. Thank you so much. Whether it's a visit to your house or whether we go out and we we do a hike, whatever it is, I always walk away and go, thank you, God, for friends. I need them. Thank you, Lord. For the body of Christ. We give thanks to you, making mention of our prayers. Prayers are vital. We just prayed for three specific people, but we'll pray for many others in our lifetime, will we not? We'll pray for people, and and it's through prayer that God answers those desires of our heart, those needs that we have, uh, the various things that go on in our lives, those persecutions, those problems, those tribulations. Guess what? They're answered through prayer. Prayer isn't always the easiest thing to do. Sometimes it's easier for us to try to figure out the problem than it is to pray. And in our own infinite or lack of infinite wisdom, we'll never fully figure out the problem. How many of you have recognized that God tends to do things beyond what we think or imagine? Because that's what he promises in his word. Paul writes that to the the church early on. He says, God is able to do what? More than you, what? What? think, hope, or even imagining your minds. Do you realize that? Even our biggest imaginations of what we think can, God can do will be limited. It will be smaller, right? And this is why when we, we're called to dream big, we often don't dream big enough for the Lord, amen? Because we just don't. Our imaginations cannot conceive what God has in store for us. And yet if we understood what God has in store for us and what he's given us, we would be a different type of church. 
a different type of people. Second thing that he does, not only does he ask us to give thanks, but he gives us remembrance. That he remembers us, what? Without ceasing. And what does he remember? Your work of faith. Your labor of love, patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God the Father, verse 3. What does he do? He remembers our work of faith. Everything you do is important for the Lord. There isn't one thing that you do that isn't important for the Lord. Your work is important. So whether you're working in, in business or whether you're working um, online or whether you're teaching or whether whatever you may be doing, whether you're a joiner or whether you're working at Tesco or whether uh, you're homeschooling, whatever work you do matters to God. Whether you're doing Teen Ranch and you've, you've had it up to here because the 50th kid has asked you the same question. And you're like, I can't handle it. Guess what? God will not give you more than you can endure. So yes, you can. Whatever you do, work. This church is called to work. What are we called to do? Minister the gospel outside these walls. Love the people in our neighborhoods. Love the people outside. Reach the school. Reach the local businesses. Show them the love of Jesus. And I, I love what Charles Spurgeon wrote something pretty profound when he talked about how important work is, that work of faith that we have in the community in our lives. He says this, I want every member of, his, of this church, this is, this is the London Tabernacle, this was a church of 10,000 people in the 1800s. It was huge, massive. And this is what he says, I want every member of this church to be a worker, he says, we do not want any drones. I don't think he's talking about the ones in the skies. I think he's talking about a different type of drone. He said, if there are any of you who want to eat and drink and do nothing, there are plenty of places elsewhere where you can do it. There are plenty of pews about in abundance. Go and fill them. And this is what he says to his people, for we don't need you. Every Christian is, not to, is to be a bee not a wasp. That's a, that's a good statement, isn't it? The most quarrelsome person are the most useless, and, they are, and those who are the most happy are peaceful. Those are the generally those who are doing most for Christ, Charles Spurgeon. What, what is he saying there? Be a bee. Be busy about the, the work of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Be a bee. I am... Um, have you ever been stung by a wasp? I have. Actually, there was a wasp in my, in my mother-in-law's uh, uh, garage. And I, I went to grab something. And, uh, and the wasp decided it was going to fly around my hand. I didn't get stung, thankfully, because I've already been stung by them before. But it's painful. And, and it's not one of those simple stings that just kind of doesn't go away. No, it actually probably typically embeds in you and continues to fester. And it hurts. Let me share something with you. Let's be, a bee, let's, let's be bees, busy about the kingdom of God here. And I love what he says this, that the way that we do that is the next verse. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. Did you know that you were chosen by God for something special? Each one of you in this room has a place and a part to play in whatever God has. I am, um, uh, during the episode of losing um, my backpack, there were a number of 
people and episodes inside of that that actually God spoke into me. And you can imagine, I sat after losing the backpack and realizing I'd lost the backpack, and the backpack was gone, and my driver had uh, driven off with it and left it. Um, left, and we didn't realize it. And when I did realize it, I started to do what everybody else does. I started to pray and seek the Lord. No, I didn't. I started to panic. And I started to freak out. So much so that, that I actually sat the whole, most parts of the night on the toilet in the bathroom saying, God, Oh my gosh, this never happened to me. And I started to have this, these conversations with the Lord. And it was in those moments that the Lord, I think, was already positioning people. Because when we came to the airport the next morning, um, I will never forget the man named Charles. He was a well-dressed Jamaican man. And as we stepped up um, to, to board our flight, which we weren't going to, well, we couldn't board, um, at that moment, I, I remember saying, he says, do you have your passports? And I said, no, I don't have my passport. And uh, the, f- the girls behind me, the five girls behind me, and he said, well, do you have their passports? No, I don't have their passports either. And I, I, I had the, the, you ever been in that position where you're like slumped over and you're just like, you feel so condemned for what you've done and you've made a mistake and you feel like, oh, and this man, he said some things that were pretty profound. First and foremost, he said this, and it reminded me of this, and we talked about it. He said, God never fails. And at, at that moment, there was a bit of a bullstring, right? And you need those type of people to see and speak those words into your life. And even at that, um, we finally figured out that the backpack was in Boston, as I said, and Shanley and I were going to go and find it. Um, And I was so overwhelmed physically that when we went to get the Lyft driver, um, thank God I had Shanley with me because she came alongside. She was kind of that paraclete that came uh, at that moment because I was standing there looking at my phone and I couldn't even put the information into the phone to figure out where to go because I was just so overwhelmed. And she only grabbed my phone, she took it, and she did it. Now, that's just one little episode, but everyone played their part. My other children, Courtney, everyone came around to make sure. Why? Because we all have a place and a specific calling to God. We're all called by God, elected by God for a specific purpose. You may not know what your purpose is, But God's got that purpose set in stone for you. He's got it for you. And as you seek him, you will find him, and you will will see it played out. Verse 5, for a gospel did not come to you only, right? The gospel came to the Thessalonians during a a period of great trial. But it, it came to them in something called power. Power. Our gospel must be a gospel of power, that God has the power to save. God has the power to change the situation. God has the power to release you from whatever you're going through, whatever bondage you're under. God has the power. 
But it only comes, it doesn't only come in power, it comes in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes. As the third portion of the Trinity lives in you, he guides you. We see this, that there's an assurance that comes with that. Even in those times, like I, I was sharing with you when I was struggling, there's an assurance. How many of you have, have had some struggles? And you recognize that, that it's still tough, nobody's denying that. But there's, there's moments of assurance from the Lord that, hey, I'm with you on this. I'm with you. So much so, he says, you became followers. Now, I want to say this. If you, could, if you could break it down, we can, see three, we can see this, that the church of God is an elected church. We're elected by God. We're corporate. We work together. Um, we, we, we do our part with each other. We're also a missionary church. He says that. You became followers of the Lord. Receive the word, with, the, the word in much affliction. You can only imagine what Jason is thinking when he reads this. Yeah, I was taken away and I had to pay a bribe to get out of jail. Because that's what happened in Acts 15. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I went through some trial for that. With joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, is it not? Joy in the Holy Spirit. So that you became examples in all of Macedonia and Achaia to those who believe. The things you go through are examples. The things that are, our stories matter. This is why we ask for testimonies. The things that you deal with in life, and they could be great or they could be difficult, are all stories that build you together. They, they make you who you are. And when you share those stories, as Courtney shared the testimony of, of David and, and Ree, and all that they went through to obtain that child, you begin to realize that it's part of a bigger plan. This is the missionary moment. All of us are in a bigger plan. There's something afoot. I, I love the Lord of the Rings. You ever seen the Lord of the Rings? There's, there's something going on behind the scenes that nobody fully understands. And I love Samwise Gamgee, who he, he sits there and he says, I wonder if they'll one day write stories about us. I hope that one day someone writes a story about Downfield Maine's church and the congregation and their faithfulness to the Lord. And if they don't write it on, in this lifetime and in paper, guess what? It's being written in heaven right now. Are you excited about that? I get excited about that. I get very excited about that. Why? Because the word of the Lord has sounded forth. That's what it says in verse 8. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Everywhere you go when you leave this place, you are a little, you are a little letter of love to the world. You are a, 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 a person who carries a message that the world needs. We all need hope, don't we? Children need hope. And thank you, teen ranchers. Let me share something with you. What you're doing is you're making a long-term investment. That's what you're doing. You might not, you'll see some fruit, 
especially when you're doing youth ministry. I know that because I did youth ministry for like 12 years. You'll see some youth, you know, you'll see lives changed. But guess what? Not only will you see lives changed at the camp, but you're making that long-term deposit into their lives so that one day these children will grow up in the Lord and they'll say, you know what? I heard the gospel at Teen Ranch and it had power enough to teach me and to train me and to guide me into a life filled with Jesus. That's exciting. It's important. And I would say this, some of the most important work that you'll do, sharing the love of God. Your faith toward God has gone out verse 8, so that we do not need to say anything. Paul must have seen some things happening. He didn't even have to say anything else. I saw what you did. I know what you're doing in that city. How many of you realize Dundee really needs us? Turn around to say, say to somebody, Dundee needs me. Dundee needs you. Did you know that? Dundee needs you. God ordained you to be here for this season because you are needed. I don't feel very needed, Nathan. Then come back to the fountain. Come back to the well and drink. My grace is sufficient for you. He wants to fill you afresh so that you understand how much you are loved, you are elected, you are a missionary, you are needed, you are a servant. Notice, notice in verse 9 and 10, for they themselves declare concerning us the manner we entered, how you turn from God, from idols, to serve the living and true God, your servant. Pretty amazing. What did you do to become that servant? Well, you left the idols that you worshipped before to follow Christ. See, that's the transformation. That's the metamorphosis. We leave the old and we become what? New. The old and the former things have passed away. All things, not some things, all things become new. This is, this is where we're at. You can imagine how Jason felt because later on in Acts chapter 17, the whole world blew up in Paul's face where they wanted to kill them and people are yelling, screaming. Because what did he do? He preached the gospel and people brought their idols, their little figurines of all the various gods that they were worshiping and burned them in fire. How many of us need to burn idols? How many of us have little idols in our hearts that have actually grown more important than the Lord and we need to burn them? Because what he's saying to us is, burn those idols. Serve the living God. And as you serve the living God and you burn those idols, what does God do? He takes up more and more resonance. And, and can I ask you, I was, I was pondering this, what are some of the idols in our lives that we, that we build? Anybody have any thoughts? Family. Family's an idol, can be an idol. Yep, for sure. Can be something we worship more so than God. Yeah, that's true. Cars. Cars. Yeah, that's a pretty significant idol, right? Bikes. Your house. Your house can be an idol. Yeah, yep. What you put into it continuously. Yeah, it becomes the thing. What else? Netflix. 
say it isn't so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you watch, <laughs> what you put, be careful little eyes what you see. <laughs> Remember that song as a kid, you know? I, there's a little truth in that children's song. Be careful little eyes what you see. Because the Father up above is... What? Looking down in love. Yes. We've done this one before together, haven't we? <laughs> what? What else? what else? What's another one? Come on. Social media? Uh, guilty? I mean, do you realize, like, we're getting... I noticed this the other day of myself in the mirror. Do you realize I'm getting wrinkles here? Do not make a comment. Um... I'm getting wrinkles here. Do you know why? I, I, guys, I need to get wrinkles here. <laughs> Smiling. Right? That's where my wrinkles should be. Right here. Just so, hey. You know, hey. Can you imagine if we walk around Dundee like that all day long? Hey. <laughs> Not only will they think you're cool, they'll think you're crazy. Right? <laughs> Hey, or, or I'm sorry, hello, Paul. This doesn't work quite the same, does it, Keith? Hello, Paul. I don't know. I can't do it. Um, hey, all right. We'll, we'll stop with the haze. How about the last thing that he says that they did really well and that God is starting to birth in them? Yeah, you've left your idols, but you've also started to become patient. That's what he says. Wait. You wait for his son from heaven. How many of you are waiting for the Lord to return? I am. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. At the end of the book of Revelation, I'm waiting. And while I wait, I have to learn something called patience. How many of you struggle with patience? Thank you for being honest. Honesty is good especially at church. Um, patience. They that wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their what? Right? And what will they do? They will mount up like what? Eagles, eagles right? We were, we were at the top of Whiteside Mountain, and I, we were watching the eagles. I took a bunch of pictures on my phone. The eagles were just flying around, and they were just soaring so easily on the wind. They would just catch a new, a, a new breeze, and and they were so beautiful, and I was just like, wow. And they were huge. Right? What do you do? You mount up. You get power to soar. How many of you really want to soar, but really you're not, you're not even getting off the ground right now? Patience. The wind is about ready to blow. Not every kite flies instantly, does it? Did you know that? The Holy Spirit blows to and fro. We don't know where it's going and we don't know where it's come from. But sometimes you gotta just set up your sails and get ready. That's what the church has to do. We've gotta be ready because when the Holy Spirit comes and fills our sails, he pushes us in a direction. And all of us, both individually and corporately, we change. We change. We're different. And if we can take any way, anything from this, we, we recognize that the themes are this. The themes are thankfulness. In the patience, you need to be thankful. In the patience, you need to remember. 
In the patience, you need to remember that you've been elected by God and God has a plan, even though it's not unfolding right now. On top of that, you understand that the Holy Spirit is the one who's guiding and leading. On top of that, the word of the Lord then gives us strength and more understanding of who we are to be called in Christ. And if we are to follow out the whole of the chapter, he says this, that that Holy Spirit will give us the power to work out our faith in a way that helps those children at Teen Ranch, your students at school, your pupils at school, your family members who are struggling, whatever it is, he's there. As we... Wait for the sun from heaven. Amen. If you need God to come, struggling with patience, struggling with waiting, struggling with some aspect of your life, and you need the Lord to come, this is the time for us to do this and to wait for the Lord to come. The, and, I, and I firmly believe this, that God wants all of us to soar in him. He does. He wants us to be ready for that moment when the wind blows. And if that's you and you say, hey, I'm waiting, and it's been really hard, and I don't know how long I can go and wait um, God wants to meet you there. And so I, I want to ask you this, and we're going we're gonna to pray. Um, but if that's you, and you're really, you need help right now, this is the time for the church. Let me tell you something, the church to be who God called it to be. We need each other. And maybe it's this, maybe it's this, because we understand something, that we're to do this with prayer. We'll do something a bit different for the last five and a half minutes. I might just ask you to, pr to play. Um, and I'm going to ask you to do something that um, you can do as well. I'm going to ask you to kind of break up in your little small groups here. I'm going to ask you to find some group to get with, and I want you to pray together. And I want you to pray for those moments. And if there's something that you need prayer for, if there's some area in your life where you, hey, or maybe it's this. Maybe you feel like, I just want to pray silently before the Lord. But we do this together. And I was praying about this before church service, and this is the picture the Lord gave me, is that you would gather together as the church and you would pray together. Now, not everybody feels comfortable praying out loud, and that's okay. But I would ask you right now, if you can just take two minutes quickly, maybe less than two minutes, take 10 seconds, 15 seconds, Position your chairs into groups of five, four, six, and pray together. Father, for um, all that Michael needs, Lord. Um, we 
pray for him. Well, God, we ask that you would give him strength and encouragement. Um, yeah, Lord, that his heart.